is Carmen Leskovianski reporting live from the 8th National Bonsai Exposition in Rochester, New York. There are several hundred beautiful bonsais on display here today. Through blood, sweat, and tears, these bonsais are the perfect representation of nature in miniature. Do each of these tiny creations have what it takes to be the best in show? Find out now as I talk live with Evan Pardue and Mike Lane about these lovely little bonsai trees. Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 47 of Little Things for Bonsai People, the podcast. This time, I am joined by both of my co-hosts, Mike Lane of Ketsune Bonsai. How's it going, Mike? Hey, what's up, guys? And also, in the right corner, Lesko Biansky. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? And in the left corner. No, I'm just joking. Let's um, go. Sorry. Let's, let's go. go. <laughs> yeah, <we were> anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're we're back at it again with the three of us. It's been a minute. Let's have some fun. I know uh, we have some uh, trees to look at today. Today's topic is that we're going to be looking at some bonsai from the 8th National Show. Uh, we have a handful of pictures that me and Carmen snapped while we were there. Mike wasn't there, but... He's going to give us some like first impressions. He's going to, to see these these trees, I guess, for the first time, unless he's been looked at. Have you looked at some of the trees on social media anywhere? No. Are they on the Discord? Uh, they are. They might be some, but I know that uh, a, pe- a select few people have, you know, snuck I just some sent on there. some for our to do to do through our um, Facebook Messenger, so you can okay, see. Okay. Cool. Pictures. Yeah. 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 All right. Sweet. Right. We will be looking at them through Facebook Messenger, but before we get to oh, that, sweet. <laughs> before we get be to, looking at them online. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Before we get to that, I do need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our matron, a matron, amazing. <laughs> don't make it obvious. Our amazing patrons over at patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people. Uh, we have a Short list here, but a great list of outstanding bonsai best buds that, that support our show. Uh, they're in the Discord. You can come hang out with us. You can come talk bonsai with us. Talk the weather. I saw that recently in the Discord. We were talking about the weather. So that always happens. Bonsai thing. Yep. It's a bonsai thing. We don't care about the weather until we start caring about tiny trees. Our list of patrons are Toria Solis, Vicky Auth, Boyd Snellgrove, Ricky Ruins, Joshua Bentley, Snappy Chatters, Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, Backyard Bonsai Australia, Green Witch Gardens, Taylor Peacock, Chase Bertweet, Austin Atkins, Karen Codswell, Yuru in. There you go. I saw that message y'all sent me on uh, Patreon. I got it right this time. Lewis Torres. I think it's Unryu in. I don't know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> AC Castle, Bonsai Marine, JAS Potts, Chris Fasun. And Tiffany, ooh, sorry, dude. Timothy, <laughs> Timothy Arsenal. Man, I almost got it. I was so close. Mike, Mike kind of like got me there for a second. And <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, so thank you guys so much for supporting the show. If it wasn't for you guys, it would not be possible. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting us at the Boneside Best Bud level. By the way, our 
Little Things for Bonsai People t-shirts are out. You can go over to underhillbonsaistore.com and go to Little Things under the tab. They're screen printed onto comfort colored shirts, pocket tees. Uh, on the front, you got the logo with the pocket. On the back, you have two designs right now that we're running until they run out. We'll run a different design or we'll run a different color of these prints. But this is what they're going to be right now. That includes the under construction bonsai tree, uh, hand-drawn and beautifully uh, depicted of a conceptual modern style of a tree under construction under construction like a bonsai tree with uh measurements and names for the different parts of the tree it's a really beautiful design by tiffany nesbitt tiffany nesbitt is in houston texas she's a uh she's a visual multimedia artist doing really good work out there our second design was created by Lee Domingue of Southpaw Creative. And on the back, it says, I went to a bonsai workshop and all I got was a stump. Uh, I was wearing this shirt at the show. Uh, what was this, two weekends ago? I can't remember now. I think it was two. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording in almost or real one. time. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's been too long. It's been too many days since last weekend. But I was wearing the shirt at the show and somebody stopped me and was like, that shirt's hilarious. I got to get one. Uh it's it's a good it's a good conversation uh, starter piece. It's a funny shirt, so you can head over to underhillbonesightstore.com. They are thirty five dollars on our website, and uh, I'll ship them out to y'all. Can wear some cool merch, and then uh, thank you, Matt, for editing our show. You can go over to mattodonnell.com. That's O D O N N E L L dot com. Matt is a bass player in Nashville, Tennessee, and he ed edits our show. He makes us sound smart. He makes us sound clean. Uh, he's going to take out all these <laughs> ridiculous takes. Um, but yeah, he makes us sound great. You can go over to mattodonnell.com or you can do it over to his Instagram and you can start on your own project and uh, just fill out his contact form on his website and you can work on your own podcast show or even on music. I mean, he he's a great musician, so you can go over and check that out. But yeah, so the uh, the show. So let's let's revisit the show and talk about some trees. I will say, though, I wanted to do a little plug for our shirts. I will say they are super comfortable and they wash really well. Um, so quality is excellent. So you're definitely getting a good shirt. Um, so what what tree are we looking at first? What do you guys feel like looking at? I think we should maybe avoid the award winners because I don't want to. Okay. I don't problems. even know which ones have got gotten awards. Um, um, so how about this? Uh, this mame? Which one? Where's that? The, oh, um, I, yeah, the um, the one with the, the little branch. cedar. Yep. Oh, okay, the little Shohan guy. I wanted to to talk about that one because I remember during our literati episode, um, we were asked a question if there could be a Bunjin, uh, Shohan, and I think this is kind of the closest I've seen to it, and yeah. I was kind of excited to see it in the show. I thought yeah. it was an interesting little tree. And before we get started on this tree, side note, uh, you guys can go over to our Instagram, Little Things for Boneside People, and these trees will be listed under the description. We'll say episode 47. <laughs> oh, whatever. No, uh, you go over to our Instagram and check it out. They'll be in order. So the first one we're looking at, this is a cedar. Do you remember what type of cedar this is? I don't, but I'm going to guess it's a white cedar because they're more yeah, common than like yellow cedar. cedar. Mm-hmm. Mm I like it. Um, my thing, I don't know. I, I have a weird take on, on Bunjin and I've been talking with a lot of guys, like since I went to India and I spoke with a lot of guys about 
Bunjin and literati um, style over there is it's all supposed to be like distinctly uh, calligraphy based. So like mm-hmm. the, the that trunk is supposed to really feel light and and delicate and very subtle in its movement and maybe not even subtle. I mean, you can have extreme movements, but mm-hmm. um, I almost feel like taper on a Bunjin is not needed, unnecessary, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. So to me, it feels like a, a, like almost like a stylist tree, like al- almost like a Bunjin, but has some of the, the um, proportions of like an informal upright. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a beautiful tree and I really like the pot that was chosen with it. Um, and I really, I like that it's a cedar. I think that's really, really cool that they use that in the composition, but still yeah. as a, I'm still on the hunt for my ultimate Shohin Bunjin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish the drop branch was giving me a little bit more to the right movement. Yeah. I feel like the whole tree's going right and the drop branch is going a little bit left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you too that I think it's a little bit heavy the trunk for a bunjin. But I thought it was a really it was the only one I saw like this. All right. And so I thought it was worth um, mentioning because we've talked about it before, and I like seeing people push things the, that are a little bit different. Me too. And that that's the other thing is like I've been thinking a lot about bunjin, and as I've taught, been teaching uh, more and more of the shohin class. This is my own understanding of it. So mm-hmm. this isn't coming from Japan or anything like that. But what I tend to see a lot of and why they use certain shapes and why they don't is whether it's going to be easy to display or not. Mm-hmm. So like it, a bunjin realistically is going to be a taller tree. Like you're probably, you know, to get the movement you need, you're probably going to be around 10, 11 inches. Yep. And uh, so it's not going to fit easily in a lot of those cabinet spaces. Right. You know, and so for me, the same reason why most trees are going to be semi-cascade and informal upright and then occasionally fill that with like clumps and brooms. But mm-hmm. realistically, like those directional trees are so clutch for Shohin display because of the ease of using them. You know, that's mm-hmm. my my assumption. That's what I get from growing them and trying to display them mm-hmm. is weird, weird trees, like odd shapes, tall trees. They don't play well with the others. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right there with your assessment. So yeah. my take with this tree is that, like Mike was saying, there doesn't really need to be any tapering. Um, and so mm-hmm. the line is the line is good in this tree for for the amount of distance from soil to getting towards the top of the overall like trunk line of this. I feel like right behind that cluster of foliage, mm-hmm. it looks like it circles around. I can't remember exactly how that how that that's emerges. what i was trying to look at too yeah, is whether it's really it... dense there and i don't remember what it looks like yeah. behind there if it's a big knot of wood or if it's a movement or if it's what it, it is looks it almost looks like a knot of wood because of our perspective of this photo yeah. but Not i feel like i mean it is what it is um and so i feel like if it was a twist at the top maybe the artist could have thinned it out a little bit more so we can yes. see that better 100 mm-hmm. and also literati from my experience should be lighter this feels pretty heavy for its scale um i think i would like more deadwood so if that gin on the left there was a full shari going all the way up the trunk that would make mm-hmm. it feel a lot lighter and i agree um, you could maybe make the line a little bit more interesting 
Yeah, I agree with that. It's a it, cool tree. Like, yeah, I think one of my biggest problems with it is in is in not so much anything wrong with the tree per se, but in identifying it. Mm-hmm. You know, what style is it? What? Yeah, it's know. a little bit of a mixed style. I do agree because if that drop branch wasn't there, would it be better or worse? Because I think the thinness Ooh, of the right. drop branch is part of what's making the rest of it look so heavy. And so maybe if that were thicker or if it were compacted a little bit or if the line there was a little bit different, it could improve the tree. I 100% agree that like putting a little bit more movement into not not a lot of movement because there's not a lot of movement in the trunk, but maybe just like slight undulation somewhere in there and then getting it a little thicker because I don't like that the branch Mm -hmm. above it or the gin above it rather is so much thicker you know yeah and the gin is also pretty strong above it too it's pretty pretty thick for its placement i think maybe that's a little too low for the drop branch too Mm -hmm. you think yeah it could be i mean that's that i would say is is highly subjective i mean it's something like if it was my tree i would probably god it's hard to say because you can't put it back on i'd probably Mm -hmm. leave it i really would Mm -hmm. i would probably leave it and um and see how it looks as it thickens up. And if it doesn't work its way into design, I'd eventually gin it. Here's, a, but, here's, here's another take on it that I kind of think about is maybe when they, cause this was a collected cedar. Mm-hmm. We could tell by the way that it was twisted. And well, that was me and Carmen's speculation, right? When we were reviewing it. I imagine it was collected. A lot of the white cedars are collected. Yeah. So. so maybe this was part of the tree that drop branch was kind of part of it where he was like, maybe this will, keep the viewer like engaged with it as a collected tree at rather than this was mm-hmm. um i don't know because it's it is easy to grow a branch out like that and then give it a little bit of movement and then let it be so maybe when he found it this was just kind of a thing that it maybe had. so maybe i i think that here here's my my honest like from the gut assessment is i like trees that don't that have something unique about them. Like we were talking with Seth uh, and we were talking about like how seeing so many different things or not even Seth, I'm sorry. I was having this conversation with Laurent is you see so many different things in Japan or in high level bonsai that look the same. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was explaining how you'll go to a Japanese nursery and you'll see a thousand Kokufu ready trees, like right in a row, boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And they all look the same. And there will be like one with a weird branch and that's the one that's like special, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the one that's that steps out from the norm and you can't like recreate that all the time or it loses its, it's, you know, it's, it's specialness. It's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there's something that nature has created and you just cut it off, you can, you can try to replicate, replicate it, but it's going to have either wire marks or what was that, Mike? Oh, I was just saying that that having that little branch, I think, is is kind of cool. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And trying to recreate it, um, it would be more obvious. This looks like it was on the tree. From yeah. what From what it looks like, it is an old branch. So, uh, well, looking closer, there there is a wire mark on the bottom. I can barely Let's make look. it out. I can zoom in. I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah. But then again, we're not there right now, so um but yeah taking a better photo of that tree because i now i'm i'm curious i don't remember whose it was either uh it was mark mark arpeg yep arpeg i believe so uh but yeah awesome little tree let's move on to 
uh, clearly my favorite tree in the show. Was it oh, the God. Goyamatsu? The bald cypress. The pond oh. cypress. Pond cypress. I won't. I won't. Okay. I understand. Everybody's like, oh, God, it's the bone, it's the bald cypress guy. And he's going to talk about a pond cypress. No, I'm not going to be like, I already, I, I remember when we were looking at this tree in the show, I actually had a guy walk up to me and tell me that he was part of volunteer uh, curation of this tree. And uh, I got a little bit more perspective on it. Don't get me wrong. This is a beautiful tree. Can you see it, Mike? Yeah. Okay. This is a beautiful tree. Um, I think it was actually labeled as a bald cypress. And even even the gentleman, uh, my, uh, not my, uh, Carmen, do you remember the guy's name? Yeah, that was Jay. Jay? Um, mm-hmm. Do you use his last name? Jay Syrian or Jay, is it Jay Syrian? No. Jay I, Sinclair? I, yeah. Okay. How, do you know Jay Sinclair? I know, I know, oh, I know, all, no, I don't know. I don't even know how I know that name. I just, it's in my brain. He's probably a friend on Facebook with him or something. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, Jay was telling me that the, the tree was labeled incorrectly. So it was acknowledged. It, this is a pond cypress. So this is a taxonium ascendens. Um, this is a collected tree. And I was under speculation that it was a Mary Madison collection. But I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people could go down to South Florida, especially where Mike is located. Um, and find pygmy trees similar to yeah. this, right? Yes. Um, the trunk line in this tree is absolutely gorgeous. Um, there is actually, if you zoom in, where that where it crooks over ninety degrees and then it goes it's down. Not a shari. Yes, there is a ribbon shari right there. Yeah. It, in person, it was a little it was a little bit more obvious, but a ribbon. Uh, Mike, you actually taught me this. I'm talking over here like I know everything about it, but. Um, but the ribbon is whenever the shari stands out like a blade and comes up to a point yeah. from mm-hmm. the trunk. It's, it's it's a beautiful feature. It's really difficult to recreate on a stock or a field-grown piece of material because usually that's seen on actual collected bonsai. Um, so, or Yamadori uh, bonsai. Uh, so this thing is actually old. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys want to go first, I've got a lot to say. I'll let you guys before I rip into it. So um, I'll talk a little about this tree because I'm very familiar with this tree. This one belongs to the Hidden Lake Gardens collection. Um, Hidden Lake Gardens is a garden associated with Michigan State University. It's in Tipton, Michigan. And this was originally owned um, by one of the members of the Ann Arbor Bonsai Society. And then it was donated to that collection um and so i know that it was collected and i know that they were i don't know where it was collected um but it's an old tree and i know that they're trying to at this point keep it within the style of how the original artist had seen it so um that will give you some insight into some of the choices that have been made as far as the design goes and funny thing you say that because I remember having this conversation with you, Carmen, at mm-hmm. the ABS show. We were talking about like if there was a style or an appreciation of a like neoclassical kind of take mm-hmm. on this tree. I can appreciate yep. this, you know. But I think anyway, what are you gonna say, Mike? Nothing. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I mean, I have a whole thing to say, but I would like to hear your take on it, Mike. Being a South Florida person who's seen a i'm sure you've seen a sheriff uh your uh your i've seen you i'm sure you've seen a lot of these trees is what i'm trying to say i have i have yeah. um, in the style or maybe 
just of this type of collection. And I, I, I do understand the desire to keep this as similar to how it was styled as possible. My only critique with the tree aesthetically is that it feels very separate from the trunk and the foliage. Mm -hmm. So it feels like two separate entities. And so I would almost like, you know, and I, and I know it's, we're always hesitant to make changes to trees, but I'd almost like compress that in tighter towards the trunk maybe and bring it in closer. Yeah. If you could even somehow get a branch to cross behind the trunk somehow, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of get some foliage peeking out the other side uh, yeah. would connect the two. But to me that, I mean, the trunk's beautiful. I love the trunk and the foliage. I like the weeping aspect of it. I just mm -hmm. think, um, you know, getting that a little more harmonious and combined. Yeah. The trunk is very angular and has a lot of sharp movements. And then the canopy itself is kind of all just weeping. And so maybe right. if there were some sharper turns and a little bit more structure within the canopy, you could keep some of that longish weeping aspect, but make it a little bit more dynamic. I agree. Because that's the other thing that bothers me is you have like a really stark, like harsh bunjin that grew in a harsh environment. And then mm -hmm. you have like... Hey, I'm just a happy weeping tree. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so whenever I'm designing trees, I'm always big on like whatever environment shape the bottom shapes the rest of the tree. So mm -hmm. always. Yeah. And um, and so I try to like use that as a guiding factor um, for my hand. So if the, mm -hmm. not saying I would even change the tree, I would pay respect to the original artist. But if it were my tree and I wasn't in that predicament, then, you know, I would probably put a little more movement into the branches, try and see if I can't compress them a little tighter towards the design. Mm -hmm. And um, and other than that, I don't have a whole lot more. I personally, I'm not in love with the pot, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but that's a very subjective. So I don't have I mean, a lot to say on that. I feel like that's something that we should bring up a little bit more often is because we're not looking just at the trees. We're looking at the stand, the pot, and the uh, accent. And I did have something to say about the Cosimono versus the weeping style of this tree as well. Yeah, it's like up and it's like a... It's very competitive. Super vertical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll put my two cents in. And um, I remember I had shown Carmen a picture of another... Literati style pond cypress. Do you remember that picture? Yeah, that was a lovely tree. Yeah. So instead of having all those branches just droop down, since we're talking about an actual literati bald cypress, because there's a difference between the well, pond cypress. There's a difference between a flat top pond cypress, bald cypress, and then there's a difference between there's a literati and then Yamadori collected kind of thing going on here. To pay respect to the design, yeah, you would you would not change anything about the trunk line or anything about anything else going on here. The the pot would have to change if we did this, but uh so I this is kind of I think this is where where I'm at with it. There's two choices. One, ultimate choice, like Mike said, if it was history, he knows what he would do. You know, you would compress things, you'd bring it up. I would bring everything up into like a little sparse, almost like a flat top thing where the branches come out and mimic the harsh lines that occurs. Uh halfway up that trunk with the 90 degrees make everything else kind of follow that we've seen trees like this recently it's more of a modern take on on quote unquote flat tops 
but they wouldn't grow like that in nature. They would be blown over and swept away before they grew like this. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to keep the weeping, that, this is one of the things I told Jay when we were looking at it. I was like, if mm-hmm. a weeping cypress looked like this in the swamp, this thing would be carried away by the current in a moment. Uh, because bald cypresses don't grow on cliffs. They don't grow, they don't grow off the the shoreline like this typically when they do the branches are usually submerged and if they are submerged and the tree just retracts up and that foliage if we're going to honor the old design of this tree we're going to bring that foliage like 50 percent up just nice and tight i wouldn't even put it in a cascade pot like this anymore i would put it into a landscape tray if even if it was mm-hmm. weeping a little bit you know so it's it's a hot take for me i i do i do love the the sentiment to go back and appreciate the person who collected it and styled it originally. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I always stand behind that. This is just yeah, a little I know, too far. Yeah. We've had that conversation, like you're saying at ABS where I was all, well, no, if you can make a tree better, you should make it better. And then with this one, I'm saying, okay, well, here's one where, you know, they're trying to honor the original design. And so I think I fall somewhere in the middle, depending on, I think there's context that matters like mm-hmm. you know because this one has lived in michigan forever and we're not really bald cypress or pond cypress people too so you know there's a whole kind of other yeah understanding of what these trees do or look like um which is different than those of you who are actually in bald cypress territory pond cypress sure. territory so there's that as well but yeah it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky it's tricky to critique trees i'll say that yeah, yeah. one one thing that uh, again going back to to like Aichian and like some of the things that i've learned through juan and seth is mm-hmm. uh, i remember looking at a, a a picture that peter t had posted uh of a uh, japanese elm kokufuten worthy you know beautiful tree and i'm looking at it and i didn't say this to peter t but i screenshotted the the elm and I send the picture over to Seth and I'm like, dude, what's going on with all these branches growing from one point? Like, how do mm-hmm. you, I thought you're not supposed to grow like that. And he's like, yeah, but it's already there. And I was like, well, well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, the correction that was supposed to be made should have been made 20 years ago. And if yep. it wasn't made 20 years ago, then you respect the age of the tree. What are you going to do? Cut 20 years of growth off and make a big old wound to like Mm -hmm. adhere to somebody's uh, rule of taper or whatnot. And Mm -hmm. so I really like the appreciation of age philosophy. I'm not saying that you don't touch a tree that's older, but in my mind, it's like, it is what it is. And your job, Mm -hmm. just like a collected tree is like, you don't cut off a piece of deadwood just because it's not perfect. You know, you work with kind of the tree as nature kind of made it and you work with the flaws it made. And mm-hmm. the same thing with if somebody's put 40 years into a tree, you work with the flaws they made and you make the best you can out of it. And so not even saying this is a flawed tree, but I think it being a legacy tree, it's our job to kind of keep it uh, as close to the artist's intention as possible. That's it's my take. I, and I think this one was a hot take tree, but I mean, that this is what we're this is what we're here for this is what we're here for yeah. critiquing trees types. is hard yeah people um, pe- i always tell people is you we we have to if you ask me to critique a tree you're asking me to find something wrong with it yep but you i mean know. i mean that then like you said the perspectives it's like in michigan 
this is exotic. This is a different species. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't see very many of them. It's kind of like buttonwood here. I don't get buttonwood, but they're just outside of the range. I can grow them. And so mm-hmm. it's exotic. But and like it's nothing, you know. And also think like the multiple like influences of you were talking about it not looking like a cypress in the swamp, but like Bunjin is not necessary. It's almost like a caricature. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like I would I would rather adhere more to the caricature of Bunjin than look like an actual tree that I've seen in nature. Mm-hmm. And dealing with Laurent a lot has been expanding a lot of like how I perceive trees and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't in this art, it's, it's very confusing, but it doesn't even always have to look like a tree. You look at some of the, the Chinese forms of doing bonsai and sometimes they want them to look like dragons or, mm-hmm. yeah. um, abstract, abstract shapes. And, and so I think it's when we're critiquing trees, like you said, I think it's just important to find the reference point that we're yeah, trying there's... to critique from. There's context and there's intention and mm-hmm. was it supposed to be not this tree in particular, but in general, are is somebody using a tree to make a sculpture that doesn't right. necessarily represent that tree in nature? Or are you trying to make a bonsai that looks like a tree that you would find in nature? Right. And you don't always know what the person is trying to do. No. And I always hear like the tug of war between like, you'll hear some masters be like, no, it's supposed to look like a tree and not a bonsai. And then you hear other people that are like, no, this is artificial. It's supposed to look like a bonsai. And so you hear these various arguments for it. And I think what what I get out of that is that there's a million ways to skin a cat. There's a lot of different ways. It's almost like trying to pin down how to, how to paint and say, (laughs) well, all all I've painted is sailboats. You know, there's a lot more to it and it's endless. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I think the same with bonsai. Well spoken for a cat person to use that metaphor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's move on because I know that this this tree is is held us for a moment, and that's the point. That's the point of bonsai. Yeah. It's supposed to hold you for a moment. But let's go not to the let's go um, one, two, three over to the conifer because I feel okay. like this this is gonna be different. Uh, yes, for, okay. It's gonna be different for me and Mike. It's not something we can that's accessible like the the Shohin Boonjin or the Bald Cypress. So this is a little bit more in Carmen's wheelhouse. I think. Mm, I think this is a Colorado blue spruce. Yeah, is it? Yeah. So we're looking at like this. Uh, is it the upright has a a trunk coming off the right? This mm. might be. Uh, I'm looking one? at the one. I'm looking at the slanted and like the brown, non bond type pot. Yeah, oh, that's wait. what I'm looking at. Wait, wait, with wait. the uh, my 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 biggest thing. Wait, I had to make sure I'm on the right tree. Hold on. Are you looking at the the churchyard you? Hold on. Let me go to the. Yeah, so, not the you. So there was a the one right before the you. Right before the you. Okay, these might be out of sequence. Let me get to the. What? So after the Chinese elm, there's a Chinese elm. And then yep. right after that is the one that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. This looks like a, that's a spruce. It looks like I think it. so. Yeah. Okay. So it's got a, it's got like a informal trunk and then it's got a couple of branches that are trunks it's that go off. This, right. this one that we're looking at. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine's out of order. Hold on. Hmm. That's weird. Which yeah. one are you looking at? Um, it looks like a like a pine. Looks like a white pine. It's got a banded pot. This one? 
Are you looking at this one, Evan? No, that's a U. Yeah, okay. I was just making sure. <laughs> how how sharp is Evan on species? Is Hold it this on. one? This one, um, Evan? No, that is an Australian pine. Good. All right. I can't <laughs> trick him. I can't get him at all. Is it the one is with it? like the real bulbous trunk and then a branch going off to the right? It's this one. This one. I can't see your phone. Your background's messing it up. Wait, there it is. That one. That's oh, a, that one. Yeah, that's, that's a, a cool Japanese one. white pine. Yeah, yeah that's Can cool. Can you guys get to that one? Yep. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to go to that one. Oh, see? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this one's more appropriate because this one's hard for me to pick out. Do you guys see which one I'm looking at now? I can't find it. It's the first one, Mike, if yours are in oh. the same order. <laughs> I see it now. Okay. He doesn't yeah. want to. <laughs> a, okay. I don't so want now, to see honestly, it. Let me ask. Let me. And this is just. I'm going to just throw it out there is how the hell do you critique that tree? Honestly, that, that's like, why I wanted to look at it. That's why I wanted to look at this tree. I can I critique mean, it. There okay. you go. I, yes. I want to, I want to hear some things. So let's work it from, let's work it backwards. Then let's have Mike talk about it and then I'll talk about it. And then Carmen, because she's going to really know what she wants to say about this. Yeah. Tree. Cause I, a, I don't know what I'm looking at. I know it's a white pine. I know it looks beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know like what does a crappy white pine look like? You know, what does a, mm-hmm. I have no context. I don't have a lot of context other than what I've seen sure. in books and a few shows. But to me, this is an old tree, extremely old. Uh, has great ramification, great branching. Uh, it's full. Uh, so I, to me, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know really, I guess, how to critique a pine that looks like that. I don't know what I'm looking for that would be a deficit. To me, mm-hmm. that's like a great tree, and I would be like, great job. Bring it back next time. This is awesome. <laughs> so um, really, I mean, and no, I'm just I'm being just... honest. This is like, if you and I'm oft, often asked to judge things like this, and like I'll judge these like huge satsuki azaleas and whatnot that have been imported from japan that are grown Mm -hmm. in these nurseries where they're all perfect and like Mm -hmm. how do you critique a tree like that aside from Mm -hmm. saying like it looks like every other pine (laughs) you know well yeah so when i look at this tree this will be my take on it um one of the things that i've kind of been going through is whenever i look at a pine or any kind of forever evergreen I'm more studying the the silhouette of the tree and the breaks in the silhouette because they're evergreens. So with deciduous trees, we're looking for, uh, of course, the out of leaf effect to see if the artist has tried to cut any corners. And so that stuff is very important when it comes to structure. Uh, when it comes to tropicals, it's there's a lot more flexibility in tropicals. Grotesqueness and branches can be a thing. Um, you know, different types of, you know, heaviness and sparseness in, in tropicals but with with conifers there there is kind of like more of a call to the the old ways of how bonsai are designed mm-hmm. and um so this tree this, and this is me this is how i see it i know that conifers can't have very strong nabari but i know that there's a little bit of a bulbous thing going on there and if it's an old tree like we had discussed on the cypress tree if it's an old tree this is fine because Conifers, especially pines, are not known to have strong nabari and good tapering. Usually you work with what you get. Um, this tree to, th- this tree doesn't seem very, doesn't seem like one of those trees that was imported. This looks like it was grown 
within the states. It doesn't look very oh, old no to way. me. There's no what? No, you don't think so? Uh, because there's some trees that were grown in at up in Washington. Like, was it Top- Topirian? Mm-hmm. Topirian Farms, yeah. There was trees like this at Topirian Farms. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. So this mm-hmm. could be younger than you think it is. Um, and so when I kind of judge these kind of things, I'd look at the windows and the branch emergence areas, like where they're coming from. And I think it's a little too symmetrical in my mind, um, just because I love that sweeping uh, right. There's lower trunks that kind of suggest that there's a younger growth coming off the bottom. That looks amazing, but it's a little too heavy versus also the little too heavy of that first also false first branch that's coming off to the left side. They're just too even to me. So this is the kind of stuff I look at, I look at for for conifers. I know I don't deal with them on a regular basis, but I'm still approaching it from like the way that I've seen other conifers. And I've also been up to to see Michael's collection. So I've seen a handful mm-hmm. of things like this. Um, but yeah, I just kind of go off the silhouette and I look for breaks too. I, I look for fo- like soliette, soliette. <laughs> Foliage and silhouette breaks to give me more of the flow of the tree. And I only see one nice break right above that that uh, that kind of sweeping lower double trunk. It's two trunks, too, which is kind of interesting as well. It, it was hard to capture all of the breaks with my camera. Um, yeah, yeah. It was really a quick phone shot. And there were definitely a lot of breaks in this tree for... Um, mm-hmm for foliage and i can see and by that. breaks you mean like negative spaces yes. between the yes. branches yes spaces yeah. between the pads yeah yeah and yeah. uh and so it, that the listeners know that uh carmen is uh four foot what <laughs> i'm five <laughs> foot one and a quarter thank you oh one time i gained a quarter of an inch when i did yoga like regularly because i was doing a lot of inversions and i managed to stretch my spine out by a quarter of an inch <laughs> but i've shrunk back down now so yeah. So Carmen's perspective of this tree doesn't show us. Yeah. <laughs> she took I can the picture. See, I see from <laughs> under the tree rather than at the tree. Which yeah. is also another way I remember talking about you at this to talking at you about this at the show. Yes. Uh yeah. was that you want to look at the trees from underneath to see where these branches mm-hmm. emerge too. Um yes. a lot of the branches emerge from the top going to the right, is what it appears Ooh. to me. And then the branches on the left, there's a couple of branches that come out pretty solid just right right out of the trunk where it seems like they should be but it creates that break that negative space Mm -hmm. that kind of throws off the flow of the tree in my opinion so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah go ahead carmen yes go Um, ahead carmen (laughs) what you got (laughs) i i actually i really like this tree i was really drawn to this one right off the bat and it took me a little while to find a few things that i didn't totally love about it um it's very kind of classical white pine style. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I didn't, you know, I wish I had looked a little bit closer to see if this was white pine grafted on black pine or if this what if this mm. is white pine on its own roots, because that makes a huge difference. If it's grafted, there's going to be a bulge somewhere on the trunk at the graft union. And I, so I don't know if that's what's happening right there at the bottom or if that's just a regular bulge. So that's my bad for not knowing if this is grafted okay. or not. Now, couldn't um, they, in theory, sorry, I don't mean, but no, couldn't they graft the, the white pine foliage onto the black pine branches? Yes, you could do that. I yeah, gotcha. So, yeah, there's that that possibility, too. Yeah. And then they could um, hide the bulge in there a little bit, maybe. Yeah, a lot of times with these, you see the graft <clears throat> hidden in those first layers of foliage. 
I gotcha. Um, so yeah, I, I'm wondering if that's um, what's going on with that that bulge there. But having that branch to the right, that kind of big welcome branch, is really common with white pines. And then having you know the long one on the left there to balance it out. Um, so I, I really love the canopy of this tree. I think it's very classic. Um, I don't know because it's a very it's a relatively thin trunked tree with not much taper. So it's possible that you could bring the foliage in a little bit and then go with a slightly lighter pot um, so to give the, mm. the tree a little bit more of a light feeling. Um, but so my my critiques of this tree, like I said, I really think it's a gorgeous tree. I The Nabari is kind of weird because of that bulge and then all of the little roots coming off of it. So again, I don't know if that's a graft union. Um, when those roots odd. develop, it could be a really nice Nabari. You can get really nice Nabaris on black pine roots. Um, even on a white pine, you could get a decent Nabari. So I don't know what's going on there. And then there's more than one branch coming off to the side there. I think mm -hmm. there were three. Um, you can only see two. So there were two or three. And usually you only have one. Um, and then those branches were really similar in kind of size, but the way they interacted with the canopy to create those pads was really nice. So I guess my, I would like to talk to, you know, the artist who did this to find out the answer to that bulge question, and then maybe take another look at if you need both of those branches down on the bottom right, or if you can get away with one. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, I think the canopy is really lovely. It's well laid out. All the tips are pointing in the right direction. Um, you've got good negative space. Um, the trunk is, you know, there's not much taper, but you can kind of hide that with the pines. Uh, yeah, overall, I, I really liked this one. Me too. Um, I would, uh, I would, with the Nabari, I would just like maybe even pot it a little deeper and make the like little butt cheeks yeah. the, the Nabari. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you just hid those little little roots. Yeah, um, I, I like the little butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> so look at that. I mean, that's what that there, looks like. There it's, is a yeah. It's it's thick. This is it a, is it's thick. This is mm -hmm. an adult. This is an adult show. We know what we're talking yeah. about. We know bonsai butt cheeks. We do. Um, I will say one other thing just about this display in general is it was displayed with kind of a large water stone. And I felt mm. like it was a little too big and too heavy with this tree because white pines are kind of a, a light tree. Yeah. You know, you want some kind of airiness. So I felt something more delicate would have been more appropriate to display with the tree. But, um, you know, the water stone, it, it was an interesting piece. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not a big fan of like heavy, chunky accents. You know, even you on big a trees. Really strong tree to have yeah. a really strong accent like that. Yeah. So, question for for like redesign. Yep. Um. So this branch that is the first branch that comes off to the left. Mm -hmm. What if you reduced it to where it was underneath the branch above it, where it was like kind of had like almost an inverse mm -hmm. kind of look to the silhouette. Or we remove it almost entirely. Do you I think, think that you would help it. it? Yeah, I think you need, need it, it to balance out that right side. Okay. Yeah. But would you bring it in or would you leave it the way it is? I I personally like it the way yeah. long and broad. If okay. I brought things in, I would bring everything in by about right. an inch except for the right branch. Hmm. 
yeah, so that, I just, yeah that's pretty good. I think it goes out a little too far on the left side. That's all. Um, it's just I like little... see. I'm a sucker for like big old wide trees. You know, I love mm, a. Yeah. I don't I, know. For me, it's a balance thing. If you shortened it, you might have to reduce the thing on the branch. The thing, that thing, <laughs> the branch on the right, and maybe move it in the pot a little bit. I think yeah. right now the balance is pretty good, but it is it is a wide branch. And yeah, maybe the banded pot is a little bit, like you said, it's too heavy. A little bit deep, maybe just a tiny bit, a tiny bit smaller, more delicate pot, maybe in a gray, mm-hmm. you know, just even that same, I don't, I like the band. I like the shape, but maybe yeah. just a tiny bit smaller or a different color would, would do the trick. Yeah. Dark. I like the, the, how the color of the stand plays with the foliage. So a gray pot would really kind of make that pop. Do they not do scrolls at nationals anymore? They do. You can. Yeah. You don't have okay. to. Yeah. I see. Um, okay. Well, this trip right, is fun time. to part. I got time for about one more, guys, and then I got to go eat dinner. Okay. Uh, let's right. do... Oh, which one do you want to do? I kind of want to do that one, this one. Which one is I don't know who okay. that is. Uh, the it's Colorado a cool tree. Okay, yeah. let's, let's do that one. That one's fun. This might be one of my, this might be, what stinks is this might be one of my students' trees. I'm not sure. She works with Todd, too. And I know she got one of these. Um, this well, tree. I, I think it's mm. important to say that, like, as we're critiquing, our goal is not to, you know, crap yeah. on anybody's tree. It's more it's to, to say what we like, what we don't like, how you could improve it. And, you know, it's hard to be critiqued. Yeah. But bonsai. Everybody will always have an opinion, and but the thing is, is that there will never be a perfect tree, and so you're always on this path of self-critique. Like mm-hmm. you're, you really like should be. I don't know. I, I told this to Evan. I, I tell this to everybody. Is the only times I've ever really grown in this art, and it, it stinks. Are the times when mm-hmm. I've had to hear something I didn't want to hear. Yep. You know, it's and hard. Uh, it's, hard. it's hard. It's hard. Uh, it, you know, it just happened recently and uh, it will continue to happen as I as I go on through this art. And mm-hmm. so but it, you don't learn by people telling you what you want to hear necessarily. You learn by by like taking those lumps and, and coming back stronger and building better trees, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, nope, yeah, point. sorry. So, yeah, it's not not to definitely not to crap on anybody, yeah. but it, it does kind of. I, I know that it stinks sometimes, especially like she's not here. If it is her tree to like defend her decisions or anything like that. So I know it stinks. So that's all I'm saying. But yeah. And also I'm going to, I meant to say this at the very beginning of the episode, full disclaimer, like Mike was saying, this is not to crap on people's trees. Um, if this is your tree, we are, we're purely looking at these trees from a perspective for a teaching perspective we're not yes objective yeah we're not saying that there are bad things or good things about these trees that should be changed uh these this is purely for the the purpose of the podcast is to teach and to explain and to improve like mike said to get some challenging moments so and the the other thing too that that the listeners need to remember is like a lot of these these shows especially in the u.s are not not objectively judged you know they're going to be exactly. subjectively judged and so you're going to your tree's value is going to be based on who's seeing it and mm-hmm. and at what time and so mm-hmm. 
so with that said, like if you show a Chinese themed tree in a Japanese show, you're probably not going to fare well. You know, you're going to get a rough critique and vice versa. Yeah. So, I mean, don't take it too seriously. You know, we we well, are only trying to give an opinion. And what's interesting about the national show here in the U.S. is that there is no specification. There yeah. is there's no like these have to be Japanese traditional or Chinese Beijing or modern American bonsai. Like it's just a free for all. So, yeah, I know. And, th and that's that's true. That's good and bad. I mean, there's there's mm -hmm. unfortunately it makes it hard to prepare for that and like like learn because you're you're told multiple things. And so there one of the things that I've thought a lot about since dealing with Laurent is the the place where in bonsai, it almost seems like you can choose to do this like with very little ego. And I don't mean that like egotistical, but I mean that as like you know, taking yourself out of the equation, not trying to be an individual, not trying to stand out on your own, or you embrace your ego and you become an artist and you don't care what other people think. And, yeah. you know, you're creating something that will please some people and other people won't like it. And, um, you know, I think that journey is different for every person. Yeah, I think, yeah. uh, you know, some people will find more peace in the the discipline of, of traditional bonsai, and some people will find that stifling. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. Yeah. And one last thing before we actually, you know, talk about the tree is that anybody who got a tree in this show, right? Like that's a huge thing. Like yeah, I didn't well have deserved. a tree there. Like <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, have a tree. Congratulations, there. you had a tree in the show. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think that's important too. Well, to... Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Now we can... so, wait, wasn't there? Yeah, there's an elm I really want to critique. I don't know where. Now, it where's is. that um, water elm? Yeah, no, there wasn't a good backdrop. You couldn't even get a good picture if you wanted to. Uh, so any... okay, <laughs> anyway, Colorado blue spruce. spruce. Yeah, go ahead. So one one of the first things I notice on here, and this is this is one of those tough pills we've got to hear because there is no ands ifs or buts about this. Is the the price tag is still on the tree? Ooh, is it? It is. is that great that I mean that silver that silver tag. that oh, silver crap. tag right in there. That's interesting yeah. though. I wasn't gonna mention that. I like that you brought that up, Mike, because I, I didn't have it. I didn't have the balls to bring that up. I thought that was kind of interesting. They left that tag on there. No, it's something that has to be brought up because yeah. you can't if if we were at a Japanese show or if we were in Europe, okay, because I know I, I always talk about Japan. If we were in Europe and mm -hmm. we were to show something. You can't have pests on your tree. You can't have price tags on mm -hmm. your tree. Technically, shouldn't really have wire on your tree. Um, you know, things are supposed to be mossed. Think there's there's these. How the heck do they show conifers without wire on them? That's what I want to know. No, I know, I oh. know. That's that's the old. old that's the old old conifers, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> old ones. And so, you know, I don't really care about the wire thing. I get it. You know, mm -hmm. but what I do care about is like the little things that can definitely be helped mm -hmm. is make sure things. the tree, the little things, make sure the tree is as clean as possible. Mm -hmm. Make mm -hmm. sure, you know, you've kind of buttoned everything up. Definitely make sure there's no pests, fungus or disease. And yeah. I mean, that's the beginning there. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess my first thing is, and I don't, again, I don't know the experience of this person or their level, but. I just think that there is some things like we could have gotten rid of that and that would go a long way. So design wise, mm -hmm. I also think that it feels very 
raw, feels very raw and unstyled. So I would probably, again, it made it into the national show, beautiful piece of Yamadori, but I would be going in and and starting to express some form of artistic intent. Mm -hmm. You know, I very specifically took a picture of this tree because of that last thing you said, where it seemed kind of raw and unfinished. And Mm -hmm. um, this was just what I happened to find when I was walking around looking for an example of that, because I saw a lot of Yamadori in the show where the canopies were just, they were immature or they were wired, but they weren't wired out well, the pads were, so you could see that definition. So they just felt like they needed five more years, you know, like they're good trees um they're you know the displays are nice they're almost there but i i saw this at abs too and i see that in a lot of american shows where we're showing trees really kind of before they're ready um right and on one hand i love that because everybody's being involved they're showing pride in their work but on the other hand if you want to show bonsai then you know at, are we going to draw a line to where you know, that where the development of, is there a developmental level we want the tree to be at before we're showing them? And that doesn't go just for conifers. Like that's kind of across the board. This just happened to be the the tree that was there for me to take a picture of when I was thinking of it. Well, and and the reality is like, I, I was always told these horror stories of like going up to Bill's and him seeing your tree in person. If he didn't like it, he'd send it out, you know, send it away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know the validity of that, but I can tell you for sure that there are shows that are set up in Japan that are four trees that are more free form, that are less, mm-hmm. less refined, mm-hmm. but you don't take it to like your top show, you right. know? And, and I don't, again, I'm not meaning that to say anything negative. I mean, it so that we can grow is you, you kind of display that as you're learning at regional shows or like they have a Taiken 10 and stuff like that in Japan, where things aren't as high level as Kokufu 10, arguably, mm-hmm. and things are more experimental than Kokufu 10. Um, and so I think like shows like that uh, are kind of maybe arguably a better venue for that. Mm-hmm. And um, because it, it's not even to say anything mean, it's just what happens, how how terrible of the day would that be if you did bring your tree up there and you do have a Japanese judge and he's like, no, this tree's not ready for it. You know, it's better yeah. to work your way up and have all your ducks in a row and, you know, display mm-hmm. accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, and so like my take on this whole situation with this particular tree is that, um, when it comes to presentation, because this is something I, you know, I, I did college for a moment, so I did some art classes and uh, I had a teacher that that taught me a really a very significant thing about presenting art is that you have to present even if even if it's like a finger painting, like it's a it's like a finger paint paint image that you did and you need to present it clean and you need to present it intentionally mm-hmm. and you know, that that's kind of something that I look at whenever I look at these types of trees is that it may be something that's contradictory to what we're we're expecting to the tree to be in a show. Mm-hmm. But if it's cleaned up, if it's presented in the way that the artist intended it, if it was a finger painting or if it was a masterpiece, if it was 
if it was matted and framed perfectly, you know, you would, you would even take a child's painting and put it in a matte and frame and be like, Oh, this is awesome. And hanging on your wall. And you would, you know, so, you know, and not at all saying, I'm not saying that about the street. all just take that out. You know, take that out of y'all's mind that I would say that about anybody's tree that gets into the national show. But the presentation here is good. And for what the material it is, it, I, I think that what they're showing as far, I mean, this is obviously a Yamadori. This, the, the, the choice in container, it's like a bag. It's like a folded up bag, kind of almost a literati pot in a way. Like a non-bon or yeah, something like that. It's kind of a non-bon. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's all over the place. It's, it has a lot of, it has a lot of texture, but then it's not, it doesn't have enough undulation and uh, I guess, 3d elements to it to to keep adding on to the tree i think that's my that's that's one thing i would be okay with more if this was more of a crescent or if this was more of a gravelly maybe the like pitted face of the moon kind of feeling kind of pot Mm -hmm. it would carry this tree and then the wildness would reflect be reflected in the container Mm -hmm. so i think the stand in the pot doesn't hold the tree because like Mike was saying, like there, there are places in, and moments for trees like this to be presented, especially in a higher show. And it could, this tree could be there. I just don't think that the container in the stand is carrying it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and also like, just like I said, the, the small details get clean up the price tags, stuff like that. Yeah, there, that... There's like exposed roots at the base of the container. Yeah. And so there are, there are just little things. It really is like, you can make, I see people take very simple designs all the time and like they clean them up really nice and they, they mm-hmm. put them, display them on a nice little Jitta or whatnot. And it's like the composition is just really, really nice, really nice, spot on. And so uh, this is probably my number one critique when I do uh, show critique is there's usually trees that have a lot of the small details that were overlooked. You know, half half cut leaves, stuff like that is mm-hmm. like think uh, bonsai is, is a discipline. You know, this is something that when we engage in it, we should be disciplined and we should in, engage in it knowing that we're going to be pursuing something that's going to be hard, you know. And so when you're about to show your tree, that is the culmination of all those years of work and discipline. And you shouldn't like you shouldn't like miss out right at the last like yard that you're running. You know, right. you shouldn't. You if should you're so of, close, go right. all the way. Yeah, go all the way. I would love know. to see those roots on the left side covered up. I think a little, maybe a crescent pot, like Evan was mentioning, would be nice. I think the stand is too. The stand is too nice. Yeah, exactly <laughs> you know, for that rugged clean, tree. It's very formal. Maybe something a little bit rougher looking, um, mm. or a different pot could maybe change up the, change up how I, I feel about the stand. So agree, again, like. I, Go ahead, sir. No, I think you're right with the stand. That's all I was saying. It's a gorgeous stand. I love it. It is. Oh yeah. Everything's like everything's polished. Everything's nice. They they presented what they had. But yeah, in the future, I would like to see the artist, you know, if you know, we're probably probably won't see this tree again. I mean, because it's like six years for these trees before they can go into this show. But anyway, if it appears again, if the artist is listening, like it's not a bad tree, but there's just some there's some elements to presentation mm-hmm. that could be changed yeah uh, so uh we don't have a, we don't have a lot of time today for the bonsai word of the day so we're going to wrap it up we do have some more critiques we will be doing in the next episode 
Uh, but yeah. before before we let you guys go, before we let the listeners go for the day, I'd like to just shout out a little bit, uh, tell you guys to go over to underhillboneside.com, go check out my blog posts, and also go over to underhillbonesidestore.com, check out what I have available online. Don't forget to go over to underhillbonesidestore.com and check out the little things for bonsai people, t-shirts, awesome, comfortable, comfort color tees, uh, uh, spun, high quality cotton just very comfy very good uh pocket tees you can put stuff in your front pocket no, are, they Egy- po- are they egyptian cotton uh no they are not sorry they're okay. not like you can't make like a bed out of it you can't do like a like a thread count on them and you know okay sorry but anyway and then for uh for mike lane i haven't had you uh come on and and say your uh your shout out in a second tell people where to check yeah. you out at all right well you can go to www.kitsunebonsai.com um, we're actually going to be running a mom a class that I was kind of promoting in the discord October 9th, uh, via zoom. It's just going to be a two hour little program discussing kind of the soil I use, the methods that I've been using to kind of make some of these little sheets of mom And, um, so if anybody's interested, cost is just $20 and we'll be meeting at about nine Eastern standard time on zoom. Oh, that's so early. Yeah, that's... yeah, I could always change it if you want. It's <laughs> okay. I can, I can get up at six. It's fine. I have other people that um that said the same thing. So I was like, okay, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, you guys so, can check out that class. That sounds like a great time. Not a lot of people are doing online classes like Mike are. So go over to Ketsune Bone Science on it for that. But for Carmen, where can they find your stuff at and what you got going on? Oh, they can find me at Becoming Bonsai on Instagram. They can check out the purplepotsociety.org. That's the National Women's Bonsai Group. Um, and they can check out my teacher, Michael Hagedorn, at critagus.com. Awesome. And Ooh. I am a member of Purple Pot Society. So Woo! anyone Let's can join. Go. You can be. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. It's not just. It's not, it's not just for women. It's yeah. to All support, right. educate, and inspire women. But you can be any gender and we're we welcome everybody that's awesome so yeah definitely support support uh any local club international clubs anything these are great ways to build community and like we said go over to patreon forward slash uh little things for bonsai people and you come with bonsai best bud we got a discord chat that's a little community there and these people are having a good time they're jamming out talking about bonsai so yeah don't forget uh, to subscribe, share, and wherever you guys listen to our show on, just make sure you show us some love. All right. So, yep. So you guys have a great day, and I will uh, be catching up with uh, Mike and Carmen on the next one. All right, guys. Hey, it was great seeing you guys again, and uh, talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. See ya. Uh, just a minute. What, what's that background noise? Uh, Jeopardy. Okay. <laughs> it's final Jeopardy, though, so you're okay. Oh, okay. It's almost over. <laughs>